0: Reading in verse 23, 3 till chapter 11, verse 1. As you may be aware, last week we started a new series, a series titled Jesus is Lord. Last week we looked at how Jesus was Lord over all creation. That's both original creation and new creation, so that Jesus is Supreme. Supreme in creation, supreme in redemption. Today we're going to start looking at how that should affect the way we live as Christians. Last week we've had to challenge uh, whether or not we accept or reject Jesus as Lord. And if we accept Jesus as Lord, the next Thing we must see, is look at how that flows out in our personal way. What effect that has on us day in, day out. Those who accept Jesus as Lord need to live that way. They need to apply His Lordship to the different areas of their life, starting with their personal life. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 10, where the Apostle Paul is addressing an issue related to a personal life for the church in Christ. An, an issue of whether or not they can eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols Now I acknowledge that that's not an issue that we tend to struggle with today, is it? So we're going to look for a couple of principles that Mark Paul might use there and apply to that situation and see how they might apply to us in our situation today. So please follow along with me as i read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 43, got it, so and through to chapter 11, verse 4. This is the word of the Lord for this All things are lawful but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. But no one seeks his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner, and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this is being offered in sacrifice, then do not eat for the sake of the one who informs you and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your conscience, but his. For why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with faithfulness, why am I the to produce that for which I do study So, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks, or to the Church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me, as I do. Loving Lord, we thank you for this word, we thank you for its inspiration through the Holy Spirit. We ask that as our teacher, your spirit will show us how this word might be helpful to us today. Apply to our hearts, we ask in this. Well, there's a little boy waiting at the counter before his He's been waiting down there, waiting half the day. They never ever see him from the top. He gets pushed around, knocked to the ground. He gets to his feet and he says, What about me? It isn't fair. I've had enough. Now I want more." I'm not going to see it. We all want our share, don't we? Or in the words of the seagulls, in finding the email, we want what's mine, mine, mine. This is the normal way of life in this world. We value what is, it, what is ours, what is personal. We think it, and this is what life is right when Jesus is not Lord of our personal life. It means we see the world as something, from the point of view that is centered on me. We see selfish things that concern me, me, for my identity. When Jesus is Lord as my personal life, it means I can then see the world from Jesus' point of view. I can see it from a point of view that is centered on Jesus. I can see the stuff that Jesus has given me as there to be used, not to serve me, but to serve him, to benefit others. So when it comes to our personal lives, what does Paul have to say in 1 Corinthians 10 that can actually be helpful to us. Well, I'm, I'm gonna take just two principles, So I'm gonna press things out a little bit further from you. Firstly, what Paul says, he tells the Corinthians to use what is there to the benefit of others. which is our All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful all things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. All things don't use what's yours to ultimately serve you. Instead, when Jesus is Lord, use what is yours in the service of others. just because you can doesn't mean you should. For the Christians in forest that means putting their freedom of conscience when it came conscience when it came to eating meat to the side for the moment. Because in doing so it might be beneficial for Christians who struggled in that area. So the question we, we might obviously asks, well, how do I know what is beneficial to someone? Someone's selfish. Well, they they might try to walk over it, someone. Well, Paul's second piece addresses this. That's found in verses 31 to thirty-three. Here Paul tells the Corinthians to use what is there for the glory of God. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Give no offence to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me, said Paul, as I am. I think we'd agree that God is most glorified through the gospel of Jesus, wouldn't we? Through the life, death, resurrection and ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, we see the glory of God. We see the revelation of who God truly is most clearly. So what is ultimately most beneficial for people is for them to come into a saving relationship with Jesus. And Paul says that his love and commitment to God, well, he doesn't say this. We know from Galatians 1 10 and 1 Thessalonians 2 that Paul's love and commitment to God will keep him from doing anything that's inappropriate for a follower of Jesus or anything that might distract from the glory of God. He won't do this merely to please people. He's already made that clear in other letters. But here he highlights the fact that Paul's love and commitment to God leads him to modify his behavior and to put aside his freedoms from time to time. And you'll do this in order to clear the way to take away stumbling blocks that might stop people from coming to hear the gospel of Jesus, from coming into a saving relationship with your mighty God. Last verse of that reading is a big one. Paul says, Imitate me as I imitate Jesus. Well, the question we need to ask is what Paul is saying here is it in line with what Jesus taught? Is it in in line with how Jesus lived? Well, let's look at some of the things Jesus taught in Matthew 5 his disciples there, to let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. He continues from the Sermon on the Mount. You'll remember these ones, to turn the other cheek. When someone wants your shirt; give him your coat as well. Go the extra mile with people. And another kicker in Matthew 16, Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That's Jesus' advice to his disciples, but it's also his example. See, in the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus shows his disciples what it looks like. For them to use what's theirs to the benefit of others and for the glory of God. Now, before he goes away to spend some quiet time with his disciples, Jesus has just heard of the execution of John the Baptist. His cousin has been killed, and so naturally, Jesus wants some time aside. Give to time out. Give space to breathe. Surely that's his right, wouldn't we say? And so he says to his disciples, Let's go somewhere quiet. We need some time. So we took up in in Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowd followed him on foot from the plains. When Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed them. In the Mark's Gospel, here also adds, that he are, that Jesus taught them. He had compassion, so he taught them. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the clouds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves from soon. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat." We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the ground. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to him, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve baskets of the broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men besides women. Maybe no how you know that story well, heard it. The great story is an example of Jesus living the sort of thing that he taught, the sort of thing that Paul was taught. And you we'll start by asking the question who set the five Yes, You to say, Jesus, you're right. You should say to the disciples, You are also right. So, while Jesus performed the miracle, the disciples had a part to play. We see through this story of the feeding of the 5,000 that when Jesus is our Lord, the responsibility to provide is all on him. But the conduit, the agent of his provision, are his disciples. They bring him what they have. He multiplied his them, and they distribute to those in need. He just asked his disciples to open their lunchboxes and allow him to be Lord over the situation. The disciples had a part to play, but it was a supporting role. Jesus is the main act. It is the same for us in our personal for Jesus to be Lord over our personal lives means that we are the ones actually playing the supporting role. Jesus is the main actor. It means we need to open up our personal lives to Jesus. We need to allow him to go to town in us. That means all of our personal lives. Nothing is to be offered. That means our body, our health, our finances, our our possessions, our gifts and our abilities. It means our schedule, our time, to all our resources, all the resources that Jesus gives to us. It means even our, our rights and our freedoms, our social rights, whether that be social media, whether it be the right to consume alcohol, Our goals, our priorities in life, our relationships. Jesus is to be Lord of it all. They're all to be available for Jesus to use for the benefit of others and for the glory of God. So now's the time to ask Jesus. The reason in life. You might say to other people, like "That that's personal." Is there anything that we're saying to to God that's personal? But what might it look like for you to live day by day with Jesus as Lord of your personal life? start to be thankful and thoughtful of what God has given to us. And that comes to our bodies and our health. Maybe that looks like instead of sitting on our land on the weekend, maybe instead we're we're standing on a ladder at a neighbor's place, helping them clean the gates. Maybe we're pushing a mower for someone. Maybe we're out collecting their groceries and and taking them to them. Because that's what we say and what we do. What do we say to our friends at school? Is that for their benefit? Is that something we say so that it's God's glory? That's not just when you're well, either. Jesus is Lord over your body even when you are sick. It might seem strange, right, to use your illness for the benefit of others, but our God to use it for his glory. I know stories of people where hospital waiting rooms have been an opportunity for men's ministry. And who better to empathise with those who are suffering, worrying, and uncertain about what the Future holds for them than a Christian who is going through the same thing, who is beside them, sharing the very words of Jesus, pointing them to the Savior the Lord. Jesus Lord over our finances and our possessions. Paul reminds the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 9 where to be generous with what God has given them. That, no doubt, many of us are to give God the best, the first of what He has given us. Well, I know for Christians, this, this can be a tricky spot for us to come. We know what it is to measure our 10%, right? Is that first. Is that the God. We need to be careful, though, because that, that doesn't limit our generosity. Remember that the percentage that God is after is 100%. Remember that the widow giving in the temple. He gives it all. So as Christians, we have to be generously giving our money and our possessions to the local church. We have to be giving it to missionaries. We have to be giving it to our neighbors and, and the other people who might be. In there. We have to be generous we be eaten. It also relates to our gifts and our abilities, the way God has made us. You know, the world has become very good at taking what they are gifted in and turning it into a way of making a living. The challenge when Jesus is Lord is for us to take the good things that God has made how he has made us, and using it as opportunities to be given. Now, I see examples of this happening every week, and that's just in this place. See, people with the gifts in music, sharing with others. people with gifts in computers and technology, People in gifts of administration, hospitality, maintenance work. examples of God's people giving the gifts and abilities that they have to the benefit of others in the glory of God. you have a, a gift or an ability that you're holding on to at the moment that you could What about our diet, our time, our schedule? Is Jesus Lord over that area of your life? Does your daily routine include time to read the Bible and to pray? Have you blocked out time in your week for ministry, for family, for rest? The unexpected opportunities for to you know, the, the one with real gravity there is what if someone comes in and asks to read the Bible with you? So he says, I want to know about Jesus when you read the Bible with me. Do you have space for that unexpected opportunity? means I'd us to give our schedule over to God each and every day. And maybe that means that when you get up in the morning, you might pray, you might say, Lord, this is what is for you. But if you have something else in mind, then give you the humility and the faith social media. What can be over that area of our life? What we post online, what we like, We share, does it serve to benefit others to benefit something else or someone else? Do glorify something else in this world? It's interesting to be Lord of that area of our personal life. Maybe before we share or tweet or whatever it is, maybe we could ask ourselves, would it benefit my kids to read this? Well, it shows Jesus' love to people. And at the end of the day, when it all boils down, remember, you don't have to share anything. You don't have to trust anything. Look at the freedom, Jesus. another area where Christians need to be really careful, isn't it? The Bible is clear that drinking too much alcohol is not something Christians should be doing. It's not a fruit of the Holy Spirit at all. Ephesians 5 says, Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with Spirit. I can see there's a culture creeping into the church where Christians can be seen posing in pictures and in their hand is a glass of wine or some other form of alcohol. Maybe there's a culture coming in where, as Christians, we find ourselves going to joke about excessive drinking. Have you thought about what that might do for people who struggle with alcohol? Have you considered the pain that might cause someone who is still at home with someone who is always having too much to drink? Have you considered how that might influence young people who are looking for living examples of Christian faith today? Maybe when the the photo is getting taken, maybe you could put the drink aside. Put it out of the picture. Maybe you could stick to a, a clear, predetermined limit that you have set to yourself. Before you start drinking, decide how much you're gonna have. Yeah. These are all decisions we need to be making man. Not once we've had a few. Determined to be the example for others to follow. Not the example that we to give. What about our personal goals and priorities? What might it look like for Jesus to be Lord over that area of our life? Do our goals and priorities reflect Jesus' goals and priorities? In fact, this is probably a major area of our personality. How do we sort of address this start? Because it affects everything else. Is your priority to spend your life building your bank balance? Or is that the case when you'll use what God has given you? for that priority to serve that goal. If your priority is to achieve a higher level of comfort in life, then you will use what God has given you to serve that goal. If your priority is to gain the praise and adoration of others, then you will use what God has given you to serve that goal. our priority is to live in a way so as to follow and honor Jesus. It will not matter what past we have or what comfort we have. It won't matter what other people think of us. If Jesus is Lord over our personal lives, Jesus will be glorified in our lives. Through our lives, we will be fulfilled and satisfied. What is your posture when it comes to your personal life? As very said this morning, are your arms crossed and your hands clenched? Are you holding on to what you see as yours? Or are you living with arms open and palms up? What God has generously provided is that available to him, to His example of using himself for the benefit of others, and to bring glory to God, is, is summed up so well by Paul. His Listen to these words. Paul says, "Do not uh, do nothing out of selfish, selfish ambition or vanity." Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, or you might say something to be raised, That the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess, acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is our example, He is the author and professor, the pioneer of our faith. Are you willing to follow his example? Are you willing to allow him to be Lord of your personal life? He needs to own it all, not just part of it. Jesus is responsible. The meal's all on him. But he wants to use it. He wants to feed people through us. When it comes to your personal life, are you grasping for what you see as yours, or are you giving what Jesus has so generously provided to you? Are you giving it in a way that is benefiting others? In a way that glorifies God. I urge you to consider that this week. Prayerfully before God. Humbly before God. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you the areas where you are grasping, the areas where you should be giving. Ask him to show you the areas of your personal life where his lordship is under dispute at the moment. The enemy is your saying of offense. And when the Spirit of God reveals the areas that you need to. if you mess up, if you make a mistake, come to the gracious God, the God of all, pre- all provision. Lord, I got it wrong. I grab hold of it again. Take it and receive the grace that he gives us, the forgiveness that he's found in him. Will make that change Will you allow Jesus to be Lord of your personal life? Let me pray. I love you, Heavenly Father. We thank you that you are the God who gives so generously. Thank you. You are the gracious God who gives to those who who love you and those who do not. In your grace, you have given your one and only Son. Our Lord Jesus Christ has come to this earth. Jesus, you have shown us the way. And you say, follow me. Leave it to me. Rely on me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the great and awesome God in the flesh. You are a God of all forgiveness and grace and mercy. So Lord, I ask that through your Spirit, you will examine us this morning. Open our hearts. Lord, Whether that's through this next song. I pray, Lord, that has continue through the rest of this day, through this week. Please put your finger on the areas of our personal lives where your Lordship seems to be in the Show us your glory and try our fingers off what we are holding, say, to. Father, I pray for anyone here to, today who might be sitting here or, or hearing this, pray they would see your grace and they would come before you and plead with you to be Lord of their life, knowing that you are the God who will graciously be Lord. You will take away that which includes you.